you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle, guys. Carl Dukes, put him up along with my man Brian Baldinger. Oh, we're right around the corner, guys. Uh, the Jets are already at camp. We said this to you, right? They're getting ready for the Hall of Fame game. We've got all the other vets and teams reporting next week or even over the weekend. The Vikings report on Sunday. I mean, this thing is ramping up, Baldy. Today we're going to talk about the NFC South, but I know you're excited. Well, I'm excited, Carl. Um, we had our uh, annual seminar out in Los Angeles to the network and, you know, league people. And so, you know, there's just certain protocols and things in place. There, You know, there's budgets and all, you know, all the stuff that you got to listen to. But honestly... I just, I'm just there because I'm around a lot of guys and girls and women and, you know, that are doing the same thing that we're doing, just ramping themselves up, just finishing the final touches on whether it's a vacation or just getting themselves ready. So we're, we're all getting ready to go to training camp. I'll be, I'll see the Jets this week. I'll, I'll be out, out in Oxnard next Friday and Saturday mm-hmm. with the Cowboys. And so, you know, really this is the time you start building and, and, and just, I just, talk to a lot of coaches this offseason, Carl. This is not groundbreaking, but training camp is so important for so many different reasons. But for a young person, if you get injured, if you're a holdout, whatever it is, like you're just going to – there's going to be time that you're just never going to be able to make up. And so it's like this is – it's not what it used to be, but training camp, walkthroughs, uh, meetings, practices, scrimmages, a lot of teams scrimmaging this summer, Carl. Yep. Like this is really valuable to putting that team together. Now, last year at this time, we were like, how are the Chiefs going to overcome the loss of Tyreek Hill? What, what are they going to do? You know, and we saw Kadarius Tony get traded for. We saw Sky Morris catch his touchdown pass. You know, we, we saw a lot that started at training camp for this team. They started, they played four rookies in the secondary. Yep. Jalen Watson was huge in the championship game. I'm um, so this, this time is really important. It's, it, and it's fun for me just to see the new, the new coaches, the new faces and new places, just the turnover, how the teams are going to rebuild. Everybody will tell you, Kansas City included, like you got to start from square one. So it's great for everybody. It is. Uh, and, you know, the idea that everybody starts at zero and everybody's got a shot, that's what makes it exciting at this point. Because, listen, the optimism is real everywhere, yeah. from the Jets, right, to the 49ers. They think they've got a shot to get back there. Eagles are pissed off about not finishing the deal. I mean, everybody's got a chance. Uh, and you said you're going out to the Cowboys. Look, the Cowboys are interesting in so many ways. I can't wait to see what this is. Go- this offense, okay, is going to look like. They guys, they had one of the top offenses in the league last year. Didn't do anything in the playoffs when it mattered most. But the fact is, Baldy, that's another team personnel wise. They're ready. So everybody's thinking they got a shot. And that's the beauty of this. All right. Let's jump into the NFC South here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We know they are uh, a different team. No Brady. It looks like I say this because he's the guy, but it's going to be Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Uh, Listen, Mike Evans. I I talked to Mike. He's still there. They've got pieces. But it's not the same team, Baldy, that won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. And I think this team takes a step back. The NFC South, to me, is wide open. I think any one of these teams potentially could win it. But the least amount of uh, of confidence that I have in any team is the Buccaneers right now. They have to fix the trenches, okay? The offense line was awful last year. 
injuries, obviously, you know, to the to the center position when you you lose a guy like Ryan Jensen. Um, it's more than just a center. Ryan Jensen is the heartbeat of the offense. He's the toughest guy. He sets the tone every day in practice. They lost him in training camp. You know, really was a non-contributor last year. He makes a difference. Tristan Worse, he's been all pro at right tackle. He's going to go to left tackle. They're, they got to build it up front. I spent a lot of time this offseason with Kalaji Kansi, the first-round pick out of, out of Pittsburgh. And I was just talking to him just recently, Carl, like, you know, if you put – a starting defensive front of Shaq Barrett, okay, and Joe, Joe Tryon, Vita Vea, and now Kalijah Kansi is a three technique. Like, there's there's three number one draft picks on that defensive front and a very high-priced free agent, Shaq Barrett, who got hurt last year, but the year before, 19 sacks, big difference in the playoffs, all the way to the Super Bowl. You could say, okay, you put that Devin White and, you know, Levante David, that linebacker, that's a pretty good front seven. So, I mean, they've got pieces there. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, they've got pieces, Carl. they got to find a running game. The, the running game was non-existent. The offense was unwatchable last year. So, um, you, know, you just can't throw it 50 times a game yeah. for five yards of, you know, a throw and, and, and win anything, and they didn't. So they've got a Baker's in a position where if they protect him, we've seen Baker have some good days, and he's capable of leading. He's got his shortcomings for sure. He's got to stay healthy, all that stuff. But I feel like it's a retooling. Maybe not a rebuilding, but I feel like it's a retooling in Tampa. Yeah, it's a good way to put it because the the vets are there and guys who have won are there. I just don't know if they're going to add all these other pieces around those guys to put it together to win the division again. Um, As we talk about the NFC South, guys, you can go check out all of our division uh, previews in the huddle. Subscribe, like us. Follow us on YouTube as well at In The Huddle Pod. You can watch us there. And don't miss episodes. As we said, as camp amps up, Baldy's going to be at some different places. Jason Lockham for part of this podcast as well. He's going to rejoin us and talk about various things that are going on. We're going to be all over the league. So make sure you're here. Um, Baldy, as far as as the coaching situation, real quick about Tampa before we move on to to the Saints. Make or break year, right? I mean, this is – this is kind of one of those deals. I don't want to say it was easy when you got Brady, but but B.A. stepped away. Bruce Arians is like, you know, he's there, but he's not there. This is really, I think, a make or break year when you talk about Todd Bowles. I think so. I mean, I think Todd knows it, too. You know, last year was hugely disappointing in his first year, taking over for Bruce. But, you know, Brady was on his way out. Things crumbled. It kind of falls sometimes on the head coach. It's not always fair. But, you know, coaching is about elevating not just motivating. It's about elevating. Like we, you know, we got to see this team play beyond its talent level. I mean, you could say that Kansas city with Mahomes and Travis Kelsey is really good, but I felt like they played beyond their talent level when it came to big games, especially late in the season and the streak that they went on after losing to Cincinnati late, they didn't lose another game. And all of a sudden those rookies didn't look like rookies anymore. And so I I feel like that's what BA's got to do. I mean, that's that's what Todd's got to do. And, and you know, I think he's under a microscope. Look, you can easily say Todd came in with Bruce and they and you know, they put that old Temple band together. Yeah. And it was really good. I mean, nobody thought they could win a Super Bowl and they did. So, you know, that sometimes you win the Super Bowl, uh, it's like winning championships in a lot of sports. And then you go, well, you go for it again the next year and it kind of crumbles and you go all right, let's give it one more year. And then if it doesn't, let's clean it out. Let's kind of rebuild, you know, the way some teams do. 
And that that might Todd might be in that cycle right now, unless you know they go out and win nine or ten games, win the division. Um, you know, we'll 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 take our hats off to Todd and to his staff. Let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. New quarterback, coach, and quarterback know each other well. We're talking about the NFC South guys as we continue to preview the divisions and counting down to camps opening up full bore next week. Um, the one thing I know is that the Saints defense has been really good over the last five years. Okay. Cam Jordan has been the leader of that defense, but I think they're getting a little long in the tooth, Baldy. And it's a concern, even though they've added Derek Carr. Kamara looks like the legal troubles are behind him, right? Uh, Kamara, uh, Alvin Kamara with the whole thing that happened in Vegas. So the offense, I look at this offense and I go, man, okay, they got some pieces. Will Derek Carr, speaking of elevating, elevate these guys okay which they didn't do last year and Drew Brees always had a knack to do with guys around him to me that's what I'm looking at with the Saints and I feel like they're going to be in contention to win this division again they can they can be and I do think it's it, it's on the offense to pick it up they got well got the quarterback and Derek had a lot of choices he could have gone to Carolina uh, he could have gone to the Jets. There was places he could have gone. He wanted to go to New Orleans. Now, he has a relationship, albeit a little brief, of Dennis Allen when he was with the Raiders. So they know each other. So that's a familiarity. Doug Marone's the new offensive line coach. Doug's been a quality offensive line coach in this league. Uh, most recently, he was at Alabama with Nick. Um, but, you know, they're really high on Trevor Penning. He was the number one pick last year. Okay. The Northern Iowa got hurt early. Missed camp, you know. Yeah, I didn't, didn't, we didn't see a lot of him, right? We didn't we see. But yeah. Doug really bragged about just his athleticism. Uh, I was around uh, Eric McCoy and Cesar Ruiz at Offense Line Masterminds. They're both uh, Caesars coming off a, um, a Liz Frank injury, happened on a, a final play of a game, like just basically a quarterback sneak. It was nonsense. Shouldn't have happened, but it did. But he looks, he looks good. Like if you put the offensive line together and you put Kamara and you put Carr and you put Olave and you put Mike Thomas. I mean, you could you can know all the names. They should be they should be good. Ramcheck at right tackle. They, they should be a quality offense. If they get to a top ten offense, I think that would be a, a great step up. You know, from where they were a year ago. We got to see. You know, um, you know just how how long it takes for Derek just to build timing. You know, with these guys and. You know, that timing means, okay, third downs, red zone, you know, fourth quarter comebacks. I mean, that's when you it's really got to show up. And Derek's got to show up in those moments because you could say, and the Raiders would point to, that that didn't always happen with any regular basis. And that's why they kept coming up short. So I think this is a chance for a second act for Derek. And he seems excited about it. And I don't think people are over, overlooking New Orleans. But who's going to take charge of this division? It looks like New Orleans has a capability of doing this. Yeah, and I, I do like their their wide receivers. Chris Olave showed me a lot last year. Um, and again, if the quarterback play is, is upgraded, he should have a, a better year. Michael Thomas obviously had one of the best seasons in NFL history. I don't know if he's back to catching the ball like that. But, but that is exciting to know that they can potentially stretch the field in a way that Derek Carr, you know, he's got the arm to do it. He's got the ability to do that. They also have a, a young player who was a rookie last year, Rashid Shahid. Like, you know, first catch in the NFL was a big touchdown catch. The guy's got explosive speed, you know, and 
don't know. I, it, I think they have a, a better receiving core than I mean, we haven't seen Michael Thomas really healthy you know, since he set an NFL record of 149 catches. We haven't really seen him in three years. Yep. So it, it remains to be seen. Now, Drew Brees, um, you know, is that is he a product of Drew Brees, his accuracy and his trust? Or is he going to be a real difference maker? I mean, it, it kind of remains to be seen because we've seen so little of him, you know, over the last three years. So it's a big year for him. Um, but I, I I think defensively, Carl, you know, Marcus Davenport didn't work out. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, you know, high first round pick, traded two first round picks to go get him. Didn't really yep. work out. Yep. Uh, Peyton Turner was a high pick, you know, ha- hasn't done much so far in two years. You know, you can't just say, okay, Cam Jordan, they lost all their defensive tackles. And so, you know, they got to kind of rebuild there. And so, um, you know, they picked up Nathan Shepard. They picked up guys, but they've lost a lot. And, you know, Demario Davis has been a stud. Um, every year he's been there. Does he begin to slow down? It hadn't shown yet. Uh, Lattimore is a difference maker. I mean, the safety position, you know, so uh, was was good. But they weren't a top 10 defense the way they had been last year. And so it starts with pass rush. I've I played in that dome more times than I care to remember. It's loud, loud, baby. It and so loud. When, that, when that dome is cranking up, like yeah. the pass rush should get fuel. I mean, you should get jumps that you don't get in a lot of other places because of that noise and how difficult it is to operate an offense. And that happens when you have the lead and the defense is eaten. And when it does, it's it's tough on the opponent. Baldy, real quick, Brian Brisey, their defensive tackle pick out of Clemson. How did you grade him out before the draft? What did you think? Well, he, he's got tremendous size and quickness. He had injuries, missed time at Clemson. But you could see the talent was there. And so they need a big body to step in. You know, they they lost a lot of pieces in the middle of that defense. Anya Mata has gone. Tuttle's gone. They lost a lot of guys that really were part of their defense tackle rotation. They need Breezy to really step in and play at a good level, whether it's in a rotation or whatever right now, they need him to step in. Guys, we're talking about the NFC South. Carl Dukes, put him up, along with my man Brian Baldinger. Check out Baldy's Breakdowns. Make sure you follow us in the huddle. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends about us, guys. Um, Speaking of of guys on the defensive front that steps up, let's shift gears and talk about the Carolina Panthers. I want to start on the defensive side first, Baldy, because – we're going to talk a lot about Bryce Young this year. And um, I know you're going to get a chance to see him in person. I'll see him in person. I want to see what he looks like. But I literally saw Derek Brown <laughs> manhandle people, just literally keeping guys off of him, one hand, throwing a guy away, going to get the quarterback. And I'm looking at this front for the for the Carolina Panthers. Everybody's caught up in Bryce Young. Baldy, this front is damn good. It's good. It's good. Derek Brown is somebody that we need to talk more about in this league. And if you talk to offense linemen that have to go up against them, they're like, there's not many people with superpower strength <laughs> the way Derek Brown has. And he did it at Auburn. He's been doing it now for three years in the NFL. You got Brian Burns on the outside, who is a handful, just a handful. He's gotten better every single year in this league to the point now when you talk about guys off the edge that can bring heat, you know, there's Boza, there's Max Crosby, there's TJ, there's guys that we know. But Brian Burns is is climbing into that conversation of top-tier pass rushers. Um, he's just that good. Frankie Louvu is a guy that nobody talks about, but he's really found a home in Carolina. He was a kind of a free agent pickup from the Jets, but he's found a home. Um, 
you know, with the Carolina Panthers, like they've got, they've got a, a defense that I think can be really, really good. I think they've got, they've been drafting corners, JC Horn, Dante Jackson. Yep. They've been drafting corners for a long time at the, at, at really the height, the, the top of the draft, top of the second round, first round picks. It's time for those guys to kind of lock in, lock down. Yeah, I I like their defense. And the reason why I bring that up is maybe their defense makes it easier for the number one overall pick in Bryce Young. As we preview the NFC South, Carolina, remember this, guys. They, they, they moved on from their coach last year, right? And everybody thought it would fall apart. And, and in actuality, they actually got better. And they played better, Baldy. Now, they didn't retain the interim coach. Obviously, they bring in Frank Wright. But my point is the pieces are there. It seemed like they took a step in the right direction. And, Frank, that's something Frank can build on. And now you add your quarterback of the future. I think you're right on every on every count. Um, I, this is not a rebuilding head coaching job right here. This this team has a lot of pieces. I didn't even mention Jeremy Chen, Xavier Woods. They brought in. Uh, Von Bell, like they're, you know, they've got three safeties that can play in a variety of positions. But offensively, you know, Frank's got a lot to work with. Um, yes, they gave up DJ Moore to move up, but you know, they were very aggressive. You know, you go from the number nine spot, you're sitting there at nine, you're not going to get a top tier quarterback at nine. And the owner was just tired of just stopgap guys, you know, Baker last year. You know, I mean, you just go through the guys they had. So they went and got Bryce Young, and by all accounts, he's been what they thought he could be already. Now, he hadn't played a game and, you know, hadn't seen NFL defenses yet. But as far as just coming in the building, put your, you know, your work hat on, bond with your teammates, you know, all that stuff. Like, he's he's got all that. But we, we kind of knew that's who he was. That's who he was at Alabama. But this, you know, they gave up D.J. Moore to, to move up. But, you know, when you look at the offense line, I was around, around Ike Iquanu a couple weeks ago, the big Ick. They, they've got Taylor Moten at right tackle. You know, Brady Christensen, like they've got a good line. They ran the ball well last year, you know, and they went, went and got Miles Sanders coming off his best season with the Eagles. Like they've got a foundation in Carolina that's better than a lot of teams have yeah. that didn't make a coaching change. Like, I, you know, you give Frank Reich a good offensive line. He's got creativity. He's got a good staff, a lot of input from a lot of people that have played the game or coached the game at a high level uh, for a long time. And so I feel like, this is a team that could surprise people. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see him win the division. Wouldn't surprise me to see him win 10 games. Would wouldn't surprise me to see him win a playoff game at home. So I feel like there's a lot of optimism around this team. They got to go do it. And we'll find out. You know, we're gonna find out, like a lot of teams. But if you know, at some point, if this is gonna, if they're gonna turn the corner, even this year, they're gonna stack four or a five-game win streak together at some point. And we're going to talk about them, you know, on Mondays or Sunday nights going, wow, look, look who's emerging and look at this Bryce Young. And we'll say, you know, is he a rookie of the year candidate? I expect him to be, you know. And so then the the question becomes, is the firepower on the outside enough right now? Because you got to have it. You got to have it if you're going to win big games um, and, and in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Adam Thielen, proven commodity, right? You trust Adam Thielen's hands. So I see this as, okay, you 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 gave away your number one receiver, but you get Thielen back in return as just that's how I'm trading this out in my head. And then DJ Shark and obviously Terrence Math, uh, Marshall Jr. We're going to see. I mean, but you're right. I, I, 
I think the defense has the ability to keep them in games. And then what does their offense do? What does their offense do? All right, Baldy, let's talk about the Falcons. Last but not least, as we preview the NFC South, um, obviously, you know, the, the move to Desmond Ritter, watching the quarterback documentary, you see how things shook out with uh, Marcus Mariota at the end, and Ritter started four games. But I consider this to be his rookie season because four games is just not enough to know if a guy can get it done or not. But this is a retooled Falcons team. They spent a lot of money in, in free agency. And I thought they drafted well, and they're taking a shot with B. John Robinson, which a lot of teams, Baldy, would not have done in their position where they were picking. Well, they took B. John because, let's face it, I mean, the running back position is uh, a hot mess, honestly. But but my take on running backs is this. If you're a great player, you're a great player, even if you're a running back, because everybody gets hurt. Nick Bosa got hurt. He's the defensive player of the year. He's going to get paid. Like, guys do get hurt in this business. But if you've got an elite player that is a point scorer, Carl, and it just happens to be a running back, then you plug him in. You you draft him and you pay him. You pay – I mean, I believe you pay Saquon and Josh Jacobs. Like, you don't let them hang and dangle. It doesn't do anybody any good. All these contracts can get done. They chose not to. I think both teams, yep. the Raiders and the Giants, fumbled. But this B. John Robinson, you're going to see him in a variety of places. And what I want to see is I want to see Kyle Pitts emerge. Like, I just haven't seen enough of Kyle Pitts in the first two years. Carl, you're in Atlanta. You watch these games. You're close to the team. Like, for what we thought he is, and I think he still is, we haven't seen enough. We haven't seen a game changer to be the fourth pick in the draft at that position. I thought I saw enough of Drake London with the quarterback situation last year. Yeah. Where you saw the talent of Drake London. And you saw him be a difference maker in some games. I got to see that from Drake, Kyle Pitts, and Bijan to go with Cordero, you know, and to go with the other pieces. This has a chance. Like Matt Bergeron, they draft him to be the left guard. I believe he'll be the left guard playing next to Jake Matthews. I believe that this could be a quality. They, they decide to pay, you know, the, the right side of the offensive line. They, Lindstrom, yeah. Arthur Blank went all in. Like you, if you're Arthur Smith right now, you're the head coach. You can't ask anything more from your owner. I don't believe defensively they had defensive tackles, safeties. Like they went all in, Carl. Like and their schedule is not strong. Like this should be, to me, they're the favorites to win this division because the schedule, the upgrades in talent. What I believe the coach can be, they got to go do it, and we got to see the quarterback elevate himself. But I don't think. I, I it surprised me to see Atlanta be this aggressive because it's not what they have done in the past. No, it's not. I mean, it's not been in their nature. But I think it's it's twofold. I think it's Terry Fontenot, the general manager, yep. coming in, talent evaluator. He was that in New Orleans, and he helped build those you know those championship caliber teams. And then the vision of Arthur Smith. And and let me say this about Kyle Pitts. You're absolutely right. Thousand yard season as a rookie. The last tight end to do it was a guy named Dick Dicka. Okay, and he was in 60, 61 or something like that. So he came in and from his position wowed us. But then he missed six games last year, right? He was hurt, Baldy. And so this whole unicorn thing, he's 6'6", he runs 4'3". Okay, well, I got to see more explosive plays. So I'm totally on board. And I've been saying this here in in, in Atlanta about, Kyle, this got to be coming out a party for you. You, You've got to have a big season. Everybody's talking about Bijan. Bijan's going to be great in his role. Drake showed me last year. 
in a bad situation, he put up, you know, 800 yards and caught almost 70 or, or, or 80 balls or whatever yeah. it was. He's going to be fine. I need pits. And so to your point, if he is a difference maker with mismatches, whether it be slot, smaller t- uh, corners on him, however you want to use him, and Arthur's talked about doing all this stuff with him, that's what we need to see. Well, I mean, look, it, nobody's Travis Kelsey. Like, he's just okay. <laughs> right. But we saw Evan Ingram really emerge last year. And they really – he had a big role in that offense. He just got out, you know, off the franchise tag, just gave him a long-term deal. I'm just saying it, he's got to be at least Evan Ingram. Okay. Right? He's, he's got to be at least that, who, you know, was a big part of Jacksonville's success. But this is a guy that talent-wise – we, we should see him catching 80-plus balls, 10-plus touchdowns, you know, and in big moments, whether it's man-to-man coverage or scramble drills or whatever, like he's got to be – they got to find him. And sometimes I just felt like he, – he felt to me like he was invisible. And I'm sure he felt that way too a lot of times. And so it's part of it is the coach, the design, the scheme. And then some of it is the players just got to – you know, they got to want it. They got to really want it. And he's got a chance, but like, like we said, you know, he's got to go do it right now. And I'm, I'm waiting to see it every week. All right, Baldy. A couple other things I do want to mention guys um, about what's going on around the league. Obviously we talked a lot about the running backs the other day. You just heard Baldy talk about paying Josh Jacobs and Saquon. Saquon, by the way, has threatened to maybe not show up. I don't know if that happens, but it's just out there. He talked about it on a podcast. I want to ask you about uh, uh, Zach Martin with the Cowboys. I know you're going out to to check out the Cowboys here in a few days. He is considerably underpaid now, okay? And Zach Martin has been a six-time All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler, for what it's worth. He uh, is, is a guy that was mentioned or, or made the All-Decade team from 2010 to 2020. And all of those guys that make these Decade teams usually go in the Hall of Fame. So my point is, he's making about $13 bucks, Baldy somewhere around there with the new contracts, the new rate for guards has gone up. Mm-hmm. And so Chris Lindstrom, a guy here in Atlanta, you just talked about, he's making on average about $20 million. So Zach is like, Hey, I might not show up at camp. And the potential of that is him being fined $50,000 a day. I don't know if he wants to do that, but he's saying, Hey, look, you see what I've done. And yet here I am making $7 million less than the guys that now have jumped in front of me. So let me just be clear about this, Carl. I mean, I'll just make I'll I'll I'll, I'll make one thing. I'll, I'll say one stat. I'll make one statement. He has six first-team All-Pro nominations. He has a total of five holding calls in nine years. He has more All-Pro All-Pro uh, status than he does total holding calls. And I'll just say wow. my statement is this: for the last decade, he's been the Cowboys' best offensive player, mm. better than Zeke better than Dak, better than CD. He's been their best offensive player. Zeke used to say that no matter what the design run was, it ended up behind Zach Martin. Yeah. He's just he's just that good at what he does. And the measure for these offensive linemen because there isn't a lot of stats outside of the stat I just told you is the level of consistency. The one year I went out there, I was out in Oxnard a couple of years ago. I, all I did was watch Zach every snap. He didn't get beat once the whole day. He didn't get beat in a walkthrough. He didn't get beat one-on-ones. He didn't get beat mm-hmm. in a team. He didn't get beat once. Um, he's just that good. And so at some point, players, um, I'm sure that the agent and Jerry were talking, and it's, mm-hmm. this just didn't come out of nowhere. 
Um, but sometimes a player has to just go, you know what? I got to look out for myself. I'm nine years. Who knows how much longer I can maintain this standard yeah. of play. And you just have to make a business decision. And I, and say, you know, withholding your services is sometimes what gets the team's attention. They will not be a good team without Zach Martin in the lineup. Now, I don't think he's going to withhold and sit out a season or anything like that. But, you know, look, you got Tyron Smith. You're paying all these guys there. Um, and, you know, the, one of the problems that the Cowboys have had is they have drafted really well at elite positions. You know, CD is a good pick. You know, Michael was a great pick. Like, they've drafted well. And they get caught up having to pay these guys a second contract. Zeke was a good pick. Second contract kind of, you know, you know, probably wasn't the best thing to do, but they, you know, he was that good. So Zach is in that category. Yeah, he, that's an incredible stat, by the way. I mean, guys, th there are guys that have five holding penalties within the first two weeks of the season. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's an incredible stat. Um, that uh, will work itself out. Can't wait to see what happens at camps, guys. When we come back next week, we're going to be talking more about the divisions, but we'll be talking about news coming out of camps, what we're seeing, what we're hearing, what's going on. So make sure you subscribe in the huddle. Follow us uh, in the huddle pod as well. Uh, who wins the NFC South, Baldy, as we wrap up? Carl, you're sitting right there in the division champs city right now. I, I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to. I, You know, we got to see what we got. They got to put it together. But I believe they've got the best talent right now in that division. And I believe that they've got the best playmakers in that division. And it won't surprise me to see Bijan be the NFL rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. I, I think, and the schedule is exceedingly favorable in their, in their, they start off first two games at home. Like they should get off to a good start, Carl. I agree. Um, and that's why there is an expectation, which hasn't been here, by the way, for mm -hmm. a while. There hasn't been an expectation. Five yeah, I put it on them. Since they've been in the playoffs, so I, I totally agree, Baldy. Put it on them. All right, man. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. We're back at you guys next week. Thanks for being here. Subscribe to In the Huddle. We'll talk to you soon. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.